Okay, I want to introduce Dr. Brian Cole. Um, Dr. Cole is a pathologist, and he um, is unique in his profession, I think, because he has not allowed the technical aspect of his profession to distance him from understanding that real patients are depending on the accuracy and timeliness of his diagnostic skills. His brilliant analysis of our current medical crisis has provided a firm scientific foundation for the fight against medical tyranny. His genuinely kind personality is comforting in the face of difficult and emotional topics. He also happens to be a skillful guitar, guitar maker. I think that's cool. Uh, when he finds time, and right now he probably has none, um, I'm honored to introduce to you Dr. Ryan Cole. Well, thank you. Oh, hey, Brian. I didn't pay him to say that. It's hard to follow Brian, I tell you. That kind of energy. I tell you, I've got to be soft-spoken, gentle, and kind now. I don't know. I'll do what I can. All right, let's, let's talk about some concerns today. Um, I put vaccine in quotes. Why did I put vaccine in quotes? All right, I'm getting feedback here somewhere. Feedback, feedback. Um, yeah, that microphone needs to probably be moved over to the other edge. So anyway, yeah, quote, vaccine. So in order to be a vaccine, it has to provide 12 months of immunity, and it has to actually provide immunity. Unless, of course, you change the definition of what a vaccine is, and nobody would have done that like the CDC in the last couple months, would they? No, I don't think so. So um, that's kind of interesting. Maybe it's my phone. All right. Some of you have seen me before. I always like to start with General Patton. If everybody is thinking alike, then somebody isn't thinking. <laughs> Mark Twain, the man who does not read has no advantage over the man who cannot read. So what has happened to the medical profession in this last year? I mean, we're, we're in this mass formation, this psychosis delusion, and somehow the heroes that I get to be on stage with are sharing data with you and information, and it gets labeled misinformation or disinformation. No, it's information, and it's peer-reviewed data, and it's published science. So something else is going on when they don't allow us to share with you life-saving information. And we get canceled, censored, suppressed for some reason, because it's not about a virus anymore. This is about power and control. This is our 1776 moment. The heroes aren't us on stage. The heroes are you because you're the one coming to your rescue. We're all the minute men and minute women in this room. This is how we take our freedom back that they illegally stole from us for a virus that's a nothing burger for most people that we can treat if they would let us use the safest drugs on the planet Earth that we've used for decades. Drop the weapon. That's what they want us to drop, knowledge. All right, if you get a chance, the three points of my talk, if you get uh, nothing out of this, um, go to um, the doctorsandscientistsdeclaration.org. That's our purpose, that's our, our point. Don't vaccinate the children, don't vaccinate the COVID recover, and let doctors be doctors. All right, one cannot find that for which they do not look. That's what we've been experiencing this year. These are not the droids you're looking for. No, there's no vaccine injury. No, there's nothing we can do for you. 
you know, that's what you, you've had the wool pulled over your eyes. Obviously, this is a group that hasn't experienced that. But this is critical. I mean, there's so much data inf information, but when it's only selectively fed to you, how can you be fully informed? Yeah, you can see the test results here. The vaccine is safe and effective. <laughs> <laughs> I think that picture says it all. I could just put the mic down now. Anyway, so here's safe and effective for you. 18,000 deaths reported in the U.S. and U.S. territories. How outraged were we when the Twin Towers fell and the terrorists attacked us? That is six Twin Towers worth. And we have this mindset in our society that says, that's acceptable based on the risk. Really? I don't think so. I know other people are going to hit that data more, but I think that's a glimpse. You know, 894,000 adverse events, 1.3 million in Europe, about 35,000 deaths there, 18,000 here, several thousand in Europe. So it's okay to wipe an entire village or town off the map and say, meh, I don't think so. All right, and there's the deaths on the left. Or no, you're right. There we go. I'm face backwards. Is it left? Okay left. Anyway, how many deaths in one year from these shots compared to the data of all the shots in all the years combined? That's all vaccines combined in the 30 years before that. That's the deaths just this year. Ah, there, we found the culprit mic microphone. Ah, much better. Ah. I heard a hum in my ear. I was trying to ignore the voices. <laughs> and so most of those deaths occur in the first couple of days. All right. When an unapproved drug therapy or vaccine is new and experimental, all adverse reactions and deaths should be considered to be caused by that agent until proven otherwise. We are currently looking the other way and doing just the opposite. That's a quote by me. <laughs> so this is the French legal system. Guilty till proven innocent. Okay, so all these adverse reactions, oh, these are not the droids, oh gosh, no, the vaccine is safe and effective for everybody. No, why are we not looking? All right, the virus has this special thing on it called a spike protein. That spike protein happens to be the toxin of the virus. Now we're making shots, gene-based shots, and injecting them into, the, into individuals, and your body makes what? The spike protein. Interesting. So we're giving a shot that's making your body make the toxin. Does that make sense? No. So it doesn't stay in your muscle like they said. Ogata and colleagues from Harvard show that it circulates. Bandal and the Journal of Immunology shows that it circulates in exosomes for months. That little spike causes clotting. It causes inflammation. It crosses the blood-brain barrier. Dr. Um, Bruce Patterson showed that it hangs out in your monocytes, your CD16 monocytes, those kind of your little Pac-Man cells that float around, for 15 months in a COVID-infected patient. So this little spike is a persistent bugger, and it's a really damaging bugger, too. Plenty of studies, again, just what I mentioned, the brain, the heart, you, you name it, it goes there. So at the Salk Institute, they did an interesting study 
And they just took the spike alone, took the body of the virus off, and said, let's see what it does. Just putting the spike alone without the rest of the virus, well, guess what it does? There you can see all that dark blue. That's lung tissue, that white, nice, open stuff. That's what your air sacs in your lungs should look like. But after the shot, you get this lovely uh, inflammation that's not so good for you. Can you breathe through all that thick goop? Nope. That's what the spike alone does. So we're making a vaccine that makes the spike, putting it in your body, and then telling the COVID recovered and your kids, gosh, you guys just need more spike. Same thing. This is a... a uh, on the one side, you can see the smooth, nice, open spaces. On the right, you can see these blown-apart mitochondria and vessels. That's the spike alone. Here's the heart. The frames up to the left, all those blue dots, that's inflamed heart muscle. And these young men are generally getting that inflammation after, two, uh, after their second shot. Up on the right, it should be nice and pale and pink like that. And on the bottom, see all that pale space on the bottom right? That's scarring. That's what happens after all that inflammation. So how willing are we uh, to scar the hearts of our younger generation, the hearts of our military men and women? It's insane. And yet we roll forward. 18,000 deaths isn't enough. To the brain it goes. Ever heard about brain fog? Hmm, wonder what's causing it. Okay, there's a lot of things we don't know. So what about uh, reproduction, fertility? Anybody experience, you don't have to raise your hand, but heard of people experiencing menstrual troubles after the shots and or being around people that have experienced them? Huh. Nanoparticles go to the ovaries, spike. Uh, ovaries have a lot of ACE2. Interesting. But guess what? We didn't do any biodistribution studies, and we didn't require our federal agencies didn't require them. We just rolled forward because we thought humans as guinea pigs is a better idea than guinea pigs as guinea pigs. Japan showed that those lipid nanoparticles go to the ovary, and the naysayers will be like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. I'm like, ask all the women what they're experiencing. You tell me. So a lot of ACE2 in those ovaries, a lot of ACE2 on the eggs themselves. You're born as a woman with all the eggs you will ever have. Does this matter? Do we have the answers? Who's doing the studies? Where's the funding, Tony? Yeah, we're just going to keep doing it on the people. And when the FDA releases the data 55 years from now, according to the requests they just got at 500 pages a month for, what, kajillion years, then we'll know what they did to us in retrospect. Okay, COVID is definitely a clotting disease, so laboratory-wise, check a D-dimer. It's interesting. We're not forming big clots, but those that choose to get the shot or experiencing things after the shot, this is an important blood test we do in the laboratory that can show microclotting. B and T cells post-shot. It's interesting. Yes, you form an antibody. Yes, you may form some memory. They're giving a shot that is for a legacy variant of the virus that is not even existent in humanity. It's extinct. We're on to Delta. So giving the shot is like saying, okay, healthcare worker, flu season's coming up. I want you to get your flu shot. By the way, we have some flu shots in the freezer from four or five years ago. We're just going to give you that. What would you say? Nonsense. Okay, so we're giving a shot that's making your body react. Sure, you form an antibody. Hooray. It means nothing because it's suppressing your ability to make interferon. And this was a big study in a nursing home. 
it's also suppressing your body's ability to fight off other viruses. Isn't it strange that all these vaccinated kids at these colleges are having big influenza outbreaks now? Because it is suppressing the innate immune system. The Marines of your immune system can't go in and do what they're supposed to do because a couple of signals are turned off. This isn't misinformation or disinformation. We're seeing the fruits of our stupidity now around the world. So it blocks these little receptors, these little pattern receptors, toll-like receptors. And seven and eight are important for training your T cells and monocytes to keep other viruses in check. Guess what? After the shots, boom, they're downregulated. And there's this other important one over here called TL3 uh, and 4. Those are responsible for keeping cancer in check. I'm just putting it out there. I know what I'm seeing in the lab under the microscope, and I'm seeing certain things that are concerning. And then we're seeing awakening up, both after the virus, don't get me wrong, spike proteins, spike proteins. Some people that are fatigued, long hauler disease, check your mono panel, check for chronic reactivated mononucleosis. If you had a shot and you have chronic fatigue, check for mono. It's one thing that's getting missed a lot, and I'm seeing it left and right in the lab, and I know exactly why, based on the mechanisms. Guess what else? The S2 part of this little spike, it binds to some really important genes. And there's one of them called P53. This is the guardian, guardian of the genome. So goes your P53, so go, it's a tumor suppressor gene. Now isn't it interesting that the spike is binding to a gene that's supposed to suppress tumors? Guess what happens when it binds and gets turned on? Yeah, not good news. And then a new article just a week or two ago shows that if it gets into your T cells, we all day long your body is, you know, turning over, changing over, replicating cells. You get little breaks in your DNA. The spike gets into the nucleus of a T cell. Now your T cell DNA can't repair itself. This is part of the reason we're seeing a drop off in, in T cell counts in individuals. So this spike is a wonderful bioweapon. Whoever designed it was pretty brilliant if they were trying to do a lot of things to a lot of people. So when does the body stop producing the spike? Well, let's look at all the, oh, there are no studies. Oh, we're still trying to figure it out, aren't we? Thanks, Tony, for putting all the funding where we needed it, in your back pocket. Funding run death is near. So the shots are a therapy. Early on, yes, it decreased symptoms and perhaps hospitalization in some people when we had the earlier variants. Not doing so great with Delta because most of these shots, if not all of them, wouldn't even meet criteria to qualify in terms of efficacy percentage. They would have been rejected from the trials. And here we are. And they're telling you that they're just fine. They had to change the definition of immunity. Pretty sneaky, sis. Vaccine, Delta, mandate? Why would you mandate something that does not prevent you from acquiring the virus, does not prevent you from transmitting the virus? The vaccinated are the spreaders. They are carrying equal or higher viral load. Does not prevent illness. Does not prevent death. So I'm going to mandate something that does nothing just to make you comply? Fascinating. The other problem is if you get a shot before you've had COVID, now your body wants to remember the spike preferentially and remember nothing else. This is called original antigenic sin. 
So we're giving you a super big bolus of something that's making spike, and now when your body sees the virus, it's like, I see the spike, but it doesn't want to remember the rest of the virus. That's not a good thing immunologically. Now here's another important thing. Who's heard of IgA? You've heard of all, you know, I'm gonna get my IgM, IgG checked, right? People who've had COVID, in your tears, your boogers, your mucus in your throat, your cells there make a special antibody called IgA. It mops up the virus lickety-split, like a duck on a June bug. Boom, it's gone. But guess what? You get a shot. Does the respiratory virus enter your body through a muscle? No, it enters through your nose, mouth, throat, tears. So if you get a natural infection, you get this wonderful protection from this antibody. You get the Tony shot, you don't get this. So why are the, in, the vaccinated carrying equal or higher viral loads? It's because they're not forming this critically important antibody for respiratory infections. Where's the vaccine failed? Well, Sweden looked at uh, almost a million people and they said, huh, look, several months out, the vaccinated and unvaccinated are both acquiring COVID at the same rate. We're putting aside that special Willy Wonka category of the COVID recovered because that's this false dichotomy of vaccinated and unvaccinated is horrible. There's that third group and that third group's the COVID recovered, leave them alone. But anyway, Sweden went back and looked and then they found in the over age 50 group, if you'd been vaccinated and got COVID, you were, well, been vaccinated, you were actually acquiring COVID at a higher rate than the unvaccinated several months out. Israel, Gibraltar is a lovely story. So 100% vaccinated, this little island off the tip of Spain. 100%. They're on their second delta wave and are near the highest per capita death rate in the world right now. Safe and effective? Just saying. It's a rhetorical question. I don't know. Seychelles, Belgium, 100% of the ICU, double vaccinated patients right now. United States, several states. Um, oh, I love this one. You know, just Fauci the other week. Well, the vaccines are clearly failing, so everybody needs a booster. Get a boost. Get a boost. And I'm like, eh. where is the logic in that? There is no logic in that. Gibraltar's canceling Christmas. Thank you, Spike. Vermont leads the nation vaccination. 76% of their deaths last month were in the double vaccinated. Safe and effective. Ireland, same thing. Almost all vaccinated. Like 98, 99.5% of adults. Highest rates of any region anywhere in the world. Safe and effective? We talked about that. Now here's interesting, uh, interesting point. Employee testing, you hear about this. So Senator Hall, I think this one's important. So they say, okay, you're unvaccinated. You have to test once or twice a week to keep your job. But we know that the vaccinated are carrying equal or higher loads. So this is a federal Title VII violation of separate but equal, scientifically. All right, I would encourage all of you to go to uh, Dr. Alexander's article on Brownstone, 29 studies on the efficacy that raised doubts on the mandates. If you want to do some really good reading, this is really worth your time. You don't vaccinate in the middle of a fast-spreading virus. You select for variants when you do it, and that's exactly, we got the bed we made. We chose to vaccinate in the middle, vaccinate everybody willy-nilly, non-selectively, everything's a hammer, everything's a nail. Wrong approach. 
wrong approach, and here we are. It's like loading your gun while you're standing there in the middle of the battlefield with battles whizzing past you. Bad idea. 100% recommend this one. Dr. Geert van den Bosch, he's worked for Gavi, he's worked for Sanofi, he's worked for the biggest vaccine industries in the world. Brilliant mind, brilliant virologist, brilliant vaccinologist. He predicted what we're experiencing now. Spend the hour on thehighwire.com. You may have to watch it once or twice. It gets pretty technical. But you will understand why we do not need to be doing what we're doing with these shots right now. The shots are done. The shots are retired. The shots have failed. The shots are ineffective. The shots are a psychosis. The shots are not the answer. Booster Palooza. Here's a problem. You get a booster, a booster, a booster. This, you, you get to a point called high zone tolerance, where your body eventually goes into immune fatigue and your T cells go into immune fatigue. The reason I can give somebody peanut allergy shots over time is that I eventually desensitize their T cells to say, oh, you know what, I'm just not going to react to that anymore. So what happens if we keep booster, 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 booster going on? What do you think our body is going to say to coronavirus? And what do you think coronavirus is going to say to us? Just a thought. Where's the studies? All right. Do not experiment on our children. We need to protect them. It is all risk, no benefit for the children at this point. All risk, no benefit. So this little girl in uh, Maui a couple weeks ago at a rally we were at, and her sign says, fear is the real pandemic. So why are we terrifying the children? Moms of the world, you're the mama bears, wake up. Don't project your fear onto the children. Just like Dr. Artis said, the children aren't at risk for this. Stand firm. We never use children as a human shield. It is shameful. Look at all these smart nations on the earth. For under age 30, they're like, you know what? We're just seeing all the damage. And they're actually recognizing it and saying, you know what? We're just not doing this anymore. We're seeing too much damage. They're being honest with prospective data weekly going, you know what? This doesn't make sense anymore. And what are we doing? We're rolling it forward for our 5 to 11-year-olds in Moderna and starting it on our infants? So in June, in June when data was going to the FDA and CDC, 42% of children in June had already had COVID. That was before Delta even hit. Now, you all know how much of a wildfire Delta was. Depending on the region you look at, that immunity rate in some regions is 60%, in other regions is 80%. The kids have had COVID. But because their immune systems are fantastic and much stronger and much quicker than the adults, and like Brian said, they don't have the ACE2 in their nose or the TMPRSS2 before puberty, they don't have the receptors to bind it. They clear it like it's a nothing. And so the kids have had COVID, and now we're pushing a shot to harm their little hearts, harm their little ovaries, harm their little brains, harm their little souls. You know what? Sesame Street has been advertising and propagandizing and trying to, uh, to help your kiddos uh, know what a noble thing it is for them to be the human shield for their grandma when it's completely unnecessary. Big Bird is fiction. Blood clotting and myocarditis are not fiction. 
don't vaccinate the COVID recovered. Many of the kids are, many of you are. It actually messes up your immune response over time. Long immunological uh, lecture I could do on that. It's basic immunology 101. It drives me nuts what we're seeing in our papers and our media and just not acknowledging, you know, again, Dr. Alexander's papers. Again, there's 128 studies on brownstone.org. Great article by Dr. Chiardi um, who got laid off from his job because he was COVID recovered and his university in California decided to lay him off because he wouldn't get the shot that he didn't need that doesn't work against the virus it wasn't designed for anyway. And then the search of the CDC record shows that there's not one trackable traceable case of a COVID recovered person transmitting virus to anybody else. That, um, Attorney Aaron Siri. So how about that? So they're treating you like cattle and chattel and telling you what to think and telling you what to do, but this is science. Like Dr. Bhattacharya, Dr. Rish, to vaccinate the COVID recovered is scientifically incoherent. Early treatments are for both groups. If you've been vaccinated, you get COVID, guess what? Early treatments, some of, some of my colleagues are going to talk about, they still save lives. So treat, treat early and you can get through it too. Let the doctors be the doctors. We know what medicines work. Don't, don't let the media gaslight you with their lies and their funding. Anybody in here know about the Trusted News Initiative? Raise your hand. Oh, that's not enough people to know about it. You got to look it up. CBC, ABC, Reuters, um, News uh, India, News out of, uh, I think, European Broadcasting, Washington Post, Google, Twitter, Facebook, Microsoft, Washington Post. They all got together and formed the Trusted News Initiative. And it was originally for election integrity. And now it turned into, what are we going to do about the vaccines? Well, we're going to suppress anybody that talks about them, and we're going to suppress any early treatment. So if this isn't a RICO statute violation, I don't know what is. So if you wonder why you're not hearing these things, just look up the Trusted News Initiative and share it with everybody. And then think, wait, they're getting $7 billion a year of funding from these big pharma companies for advertising. So it's interesting what they're uh, suppressing, isn't it? And what they're pushing forward. So do you want your healthcare system to be Pfizer Permanente? I don't think so. And there's all your agencies giving up your babies to bail. Let's bring back some joy, some love, some kindness, some dialogue, some real science. Let's be awake and not woke. Now, now this, is a, this is a teaser. I, I had to put, you know, my colleague Dr. Urso will be coming up later, and his wife shared this with me. So wherever you are, Richard, that's, that's my friend, the model, who will be on stage later. <laughs> anyway, I'll end there, and thank you very much. Appreciate it.